You're listening to 101 with Tommy Zam. On the 45th episode, we sit down with Zach Moldoff, owner of Skatebud, talking about skateboarding and life. Let's do this. Hey, what's up, Zach? How you doing? I'm good, Tommy. How are you, bro? Good, good. So where are you located at? Uh, right now, I am technically in unincorporated Orange County, but... Okay. Um, you know, I think like in general, people would understand it as Orlando. Yeah, a good old old town. Yeah. So, how you like living out there? Oh man, I, you know, I love it. I'm I'm from Florida originally, and I went to college up here. 2000 to 2005, I lived in Orlando, and then I came back briefly in 2007, just for like a couple months. So, I've had a lot of positive experiences here, and. Um, it's like a good fit for where my family's at right now. Okay. And what part of Florida did you grow up in? I grew up in Broward County, this little city called Weston. Okay. Yeah. I'm actually myself. I'm actually, um, was raised in Florida. So okay. I, grew up, I, I grew up actually in uh, Pensacola, Florida. That's where I grew up at. All right. Right on bro. Panhandle. So yes, yeah, so I know Florida pretty well. Yeah. And so you, so growing up down in Florida, um, and in your era, what was it like? I mean, did you like um, get into a lot of sports and stuff like that? or? Um, yeah, my folks, <laughs> well, I guess my dad, like, he definitely pushed me to fucking try every single sport. Really? So, like, yeah. And um, I don't know. I think the only one I was actually, like, any good at where, like, I would then, like, apply myself and take, like, any – you know, I think like all kids, you're going to naturally be like, you have some kind of talent towards some kind of sport, you know, your body and your mind will work towards something. And I don't think like I had any kind of exceptional athletic ability, but I think I was just like a energetic kid, you know, and I like in tennis, I feel like I kind of like, it made the most sense to me at first, but even that I didn't like it, you know, and <laughs> my folks put me in like a, a tournament and i fucking uh i did that tournament and they went out of town when i did it the first wow. like you know the first round and my grandma was there and i just got whooped they have like first round first tournament i had to play some kid who was like way older than me and way better and i was just like i didn't care enough to be there and then the dude was just like smoking me and i was just <laughs> like you know i didn't cry but inside i like wanted to cry and i was like man, I'm not going to go feel this again just to fucking play tennis. I don't give a shit. <laughs> so I was over tennis. And then, um, yeah, like my dad had me play uh, <laughs> flag football and he came out to a practice and I tried to like get my dad. He was playing as the quarterback and he moved out of the way and I ran into a fence post and like oh, broke my shit. nose. <laughs> Bro, I just like, you know, like none of that, like, I feel like it's just like normal kid stuff though. In the end, like you grow up and then you meet people and people do all kind of like foolish stuff like that. But for me, sports was just like, again and again, either it would be like, oh, this is so boring to me or something would happen. And I'd be like, oh man, like, I just like, it's not worth it to feel that again. So yeah. yeah and then skating came along later. Okay. I was like a. I was nerdy. I like going to the library. 
I like video games. I like comic books. Are you a big Marvel? Which one are you, a Marvel or DC fan? Uh, well, I liked Marvel more than DC, and then I got into Image, I think, Image. Dark Horse. Okay. At the time when, like, that's when, but then once I got into skating, all that shit went out the window. Like, <laughs> okay, I don't have time for any of that. So, so how old were you when you got into skateboarding? 13. 13? Oh, do you remember what got you into skateboarding? Like playing video games, uh, seeing homie skateboard or what? Yeah, it was just like, you know, I was, um, I was like a fucking scared little kid and I was a follower, you know? And, uh, kids in my neighborhood, I just did what they did. And one of the kids who lived down the street, his dad was a like an ex-NFL player. And he was just like fucking just champion athlete. Like anything that kid would do, he'd just be like, oh yeah, like fucking yeah, yeah, yeah. And he'd be like, damn bro, what the fuck? And then um, there was a couple other kids, you know, just on the street and we were just like all around the same age. And it would be like, okay, now we're doing this and now we're doing that. And then that dude got a skateboard and then it was like, Oh, now we all skateboarding. And then there was another, another dude on the street. He was adopted. He was black and his parents were white and they adopted like a few kids and had a few kids of their own. And he was just kind of like unsupervised a lot of the time and would hang out with older kids. And those mm -hmm. older kids were skateboarding and he got a, skateboard it might have been that he got it first and then my name like the athletic dude got the board after and then i was like well fuck like you know like i don't want to be left out and i was also like something about it was really interesting no nah, because fuck that before they even got it okay that's what it was this dude named jp he moved to our it wasn't even a city at that point it was still just like a little unincorporated part of the county and mm -hmm. he was like French Canadian and this was the first time I had ever seen a popsicle shaped board and I was like what the fuck why does that skateboard look like that and he was like doing kickflips and shove -its, and I was like what is this <laughs> you know like because I had seen like you know before that like the neighbor dudes like they got like the fucking like Powell Peralta like Bones Brigade boards and I got mm -hmm. the fucking Veriflex board from the Kmart. With the, with the ants on it and, and all that? Nah, mine was Weamia Bay. Oh, shit. I remember that like, board. <laughs> fucking do all plastic trash. Yeah, I remember that board. I think I had one of those before I got, yeah. my, before, <laughs> before I got my real board, you know? Right, exactly. So I was like, oh, this isn't that fun. Like, whatever. I would, like, knee ride on that thing. I didn't know what was going on. None of us did. It was just, like, a thing, like, another thing that you roll on. You know, mm -hmm. it's just like, oh, we had like fucking pogo balls and all kinds of weird shit from the toy store. And then there was those. But then the popsicle board, I was like, well, hold on, you know, because I had seen like fucking. I remember seeing like. Uh, I don't know what movie it was, but it was some movie that had the Bones Brigade in it, you know, mm -hmm. and those fools were fucking hopping around and like thrashing and slashing. And I was like, oh, that's cool. You know, but I didn't give a fuck about it to like, oh, that's cool. And I want that, you know? Yeah. But then this fucking kickflip and that shove it, bro. And I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> Tell me more. And like, hold on. Like, I don't understand. Like, what is this guy doing? What is this thing? He's like, his clothes are different. You know, he's like, 
talking about art and like what the fuck like so it basically blew my mind yeah but i about to say it but blew your mind you're, you know you're at what 12 13 yeah i was probably about 12 at that point because then okay. i could remember asking for a board for so fucking long because you know like my it's weird like we were we were in this neighborhood that wound up being like a lot of people with money moved there but like we moved there way way early like there was nothing there it was still mm -hmm. just fucking like the everglades straight up like you walk out our backyard and it was the everglades did you ever catch an alligator by hand no i didn't catch one but they'd be like walking around the neighborhood florida panthers like all kinds of shit no way seriously yeah bro any animal that you could imagine that was like out there it would turn up and just be like in your fucking like your yard or your pool or in your front yard like eating have you ever jumped in a pool? did you ever jump in a pool with the alligator or about to jump in a pool and you see the alligator in your pool or what not in mine no but that happened yeah like around the way like it was just like but that's the thing you don't just like be like all right we're just gonna go jump in the pool because everybody no. knew it'd be like all right you gotta like like there's there's alligators there's everywhere yeah and you got water moccasins and shit like that you right know? water moccasins like alligator snapping turtles like those are fucking super gnarly yeah because i remember like a long time ago they were talking about i think it was miami or somewhere around there they had issues with like gators coming out of toilets and shit and i was like what oh god damn i don't know about that but i could imagine yep <laughs> living, in the, living in the sewers and stuff like that and everything right. and I was like, you know because well, i know we're I know when we were kids, we were, I mean, I think the most craziest thing we've seen came out of, out of a sewer, sewer was a raccoon. Oh. And I was like, the biggest highlight of, of our neighborhood is a raccoon. And we trapped that raccoon in somebody's backyard and shit. You know, we we're kids, you know. Bro, this is making me remember now. For a while <laughs> in my parents' house, like, it would be like, <laughs> bro, you got to sit down on the toilet and then a frog jumps out. No way, a fucking Straight frog jumps out. Straight up. Oh, you're about man. to drop, drop a load and all of a sudden you hear rivet. Right, bro. It was like, ah, I hear my sister. <laughs> uh, That's some funny ass shit right there, dude. I wouldn't I know what to do if I fucking seen a frog jump out of my shit, dude. I'm like, what the yeah. fuck? But it was like tree frogs. You know, they're yeah. like the, the cutest, like, like they're harmless like you know i mean obviously yeah. it just swam through a fucking toilet so you're not gonna put you're not trying to fucking like pet <laughs> it and like like touch it but like you know at least like shit bro i couldn't imagine like you go to sit down on the toilet and a fucking snake bite you bro oh, you know, or snake or snake goes between your legs out of the toilet fuck that <laughs> dude, I, would, I would trip dude i'm like what the fuck is this dude no that's not cool no, that's just, yeah, that's scary. That's Florida for you, right? Yeah, bro. That's it. exactly, man. Like, you're not, like, you're not separate from nature. It's not like nature and man. It's like, no. know, we're just like, we're mixed. <laughs> yeah, we, we took over there. We, we're just invading their land because this is their land, you know? It's constant. Like, you know, it's like just this constant, like, if you stop mowing the lawn in South Florida, it's not just like you, you're now in like a wild habitat. Uh, I believe it. I mean, I, I lived down in Tampa, St. Pete area for a little bit, and yeah. and yeah, there was. I mean, I would see gators, you know, oh, black bears. I haven't seen a black bear. I would love to see a black bear. That would've been a badass. That was recent. Like, I feel like some point in the last like five to ten years, when I was talking to my parents, it was like, oh yeah, like there's people having issues now with like 
black bears like just coming into the neighborhood and this is like matt like mind you like early on like this shit was just normal because it was still the everglades and these were like you're talking about a couple houses dotted in there and then now it's like it's developed you know past that and like there's more so it's like it's even crazier that the black bears are coming in Whatever. Well, see, why did why, why the state of Florida allow them building on um, Everglades? That that was protected. Well, right. Like at this point, it is, but like it's still like that, that land when it was initially developed, you know, it's like you're crossing a line that's designated by the state, but the characteristics of the, you know, the, the land don't really change. Mm, okay. Right. It's still like wetlands and like still like this area is still the habitat of those animals and then over time like they just move over yeah i mean you're, they're basically like yo man you, you're living on our property man we're gonna yeah, take over well, our shit, dude. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and i'm um, back a little bit so that, so that so you always want a popsicle stick and you know and you one of your parents would buy get your board and this and that did you have like a local skate shop you went to or did you do mail order or yeah what? i went to um well, I started getting the catalogs right before I got a board because I knew CCS or yeah, CCS CCS or and C and um, CSE, something like that. Yeah, California Skate Exchange, I think it was called. Um, yeah, and then I went to uh, Island Water Sports. Okay. For uh, they have this sale called March Madness. No, the first time I went, it had a, it was for Hanukkah. Okay. I got my first board that like. The year that I turned 13, so that was 1994, uh, yeah, Hanukkah time. My dad was representing, uh, I don't remember remember if it was like the dude who owned it or his brother, but from the family that owned it. Mm, okay. And he was like, oh, yeah, we're going to go. I'm going to take you to this this surf shop and get you a board. Do you remember the first, your, that first board? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It was... Uh, they want song like um seven two five it was a mark mckee graphic of like a little kid in yellow pajamas and he was chasing after a frog that was jumping away and he had scissors in his hand and there was all these other frogs with their heads cut off it was like green and yellow and white and black um probably silk screened mm-hmm. and uh had tracker trucks with yellow bushings and some 42 millimeter wheels oh wow yeah, yeah. good setup right there man yeah bro it was fire like everybody made fun of my trucks because i didn't have like the cool trucks at the time but i didn't give a fuck like what would you have like thunders or something tracker oh trackers are good trucks dude yeah i mean whatever they worked for me you yeah, know that was like that was like the the first encounter with that like well what the fuck you mean it's not it's not cool to have these trucks like i can remember people talking shit to me about it yeah well that's trackers are always you know it's just you know trackers have always been a popular you know because it's always been indies ventures thunders and trackers or but back in the days it was trackers and gold wings and then you know goings kind of turned into like ventures and ventures not turned into it but ventures became goings for the 90s and then you know then indies you know became trackers in the 90s too i mean indies been around for a long time but you know but i mean trackers trackers were legit dude i had a pair of look trackers yeah no they've been around and then i had some going street shadows those are my favorites those were my those were similar to ventures you know 
But no, nah, that's cool. And then did you have like a skate park around you guys you skated or did you mostly skate street or what? Nah, there was no parks down in South Florida at that time. Um, and uh, yeah, we just skated around the neighborhood mostly. And then there was like a plaza up around the way or like two plazas. You know, it was like all like shit that you either skate to or ride a bike to. And those dudes, like they fell off pretty quick. Probably. Um, like a year or two mm-hmm. but i stuck with it because i was like oh i was like getting videos and like loving the music in it and like reading magazines like i was getting every single fucking magazine there was like i would get subscriptions to all the magazines they would come i would read every fucking page like tear the pages out pin them up you know like dubbing tapes from the fucking videos so i could listen <laughs> to the music over and over like you know i was hooked bro and then um there was from that, the the black dude on my street, Brandon, he was hanging out with this other group of older kids that were from our little area, but they had a car. Mm-hmm. And then, um, well, they didn't have a car. They had licenses, but none of them had their own car yet. Okay. Right? So they would, like, all borrow their parents' car, and, like, maybe once in a while we would go out and, like, skate some spot in another, like, like oh, shit, we're going to drive, like, downtown and go skate like on the weekend like this is fucking crazy and then um those dudes fell off too because then when they got their own cars it was just all about like finding girls having sex like partying and then like skating a little bit and i was still like i was more hooked Mm -hmm. but then when i got my own car then there was a skate park that opened it was called sfx okay yeah i remember that and and so like so you're saying that your your skate scene that you grew up in was a kind of like a just a small small skate scene and it just kind of like fizzled out. It was towny as fuck, right? And like it was like it reinforced a lot of the like worst fucking aspects of like southern machismo fucking white racist bullshit, mm-hmm. right? And it was like um, I didn't care about all that stuff and i was willing to endure it like these fools just fucking make fun of me all the time you know like i'm the only jewish one and it's just a fucking bunch of white dudes and then there's this one black dude who's around sometimes i won't like i don't even want to say what they called him like his fucking you know (laughs) you can you can imagine right Yeah, yeah yeah like it just it wasn't cool and even at that time i was fucking i was like 13 14 all right so like 14, 15, I knew, I was like, I'm not going to call him that. His name is yeah. Brandon. That's his name. Yeah. Did you know, like, sorry, anyway, you, but did, did yeah. you feel that like, you know, being Jewish and living in Florida or South Florida, that it was a lot harder for you? I didn't think it was at the time. It took a long time for me to understand it, but fuck yeah, it was. When I meet it's- Jewish people from New York, Jewish people from... California, it's like the outlook that they have and the experiences that they have. I'm like, man, I like, I never knew anything like that. Like, not even close. Mm. You know, like the like the idea of safety and um, just kind of like like Jewish people are accepted and are a part of this community. I remember when we were fucking kids, man. They put up Hanukkah decorations at one of the malls because it was the holiday times. 
mm-hmm. and some some woman protested that it was offensive to her Christian faith and made them take it down. What? And they took it down. Like that was just that was normalized. You know, there was bro, my fucking teacher in high school. I went. I wound up going to a Catholic high school because our local mm. public school was shit. And I was trying to get into a proper college, which like didn't even wind up happening anyways because of other shit. But my teacher in high school was like, oh, we're in chemistry class. I was like, I think I smell, I might smell a gas leak. And she was like, oh, you're just scared to get gas like all the other Jews. Are you serious? The whole class erupts in laughter. Like that was, for me, that was normal though. I didn't think like, I didn't realize that, that of, that was even foul until I went home and told my dad and he like nearly fucking exploded. That's fucked up to say. And how old are you? You were like, what, 16, 17? Yeah, 15, 16, maybe 17 yeah, at that point. Up. Yeah, because I, I, I went to, you know, I mean, I'm Jewish myself. And um, and, I, and I remember going to, you know, when my parents, when I was old enough to go to school, you know, like a K4, K5, no, was it K4 or whatever? And, you know, and, and so my parents put me in, in a Christian school or my mom put me in a Christian school just to, for better education or whatever, you know, and, you know, and, and they were torture to me, you know, Damn, bro. and so they took me out and then my mom put me in a Catholic school and yeah, I mean, that was fucking hell, dude, being a Catholic school. I, I remember one time it was, um, they were talking about Hanukkah. So, you know, they knew the teacher knew I was Jewish and, you know, I brought in some latkes and, and the, um, what was that? that the, I forgot what it's called. The, um, your, not the urinal, the, um, the, the spinning top. Um, dreidel? Dreidel, yes. I had a brain fart. Yeah. <laughs> so I brought all that stuff in and dude, I got made fun of as fuck, dude. And like, you know, and it, it was horrible, dude. It was the most yeah. worst experience I ever had. You know, I got teased by the Catholic kids, you know? Right. You right. know, and but when I went to public school, it was fine. Nobody gave a fuck, you know. Right. Exactly, bro. And then I eventually found this like through going to that SFX skate park, I connected with other people from other parts of town, skaters mm-hmm. who weren't white, and those fools were way more accepting. And that's not to say like there were there was a couple people out of that crew, like my my townie fucking crew. Like, there was one brown dude, and then like two other white guys, and we would hang out a lot more than with the the other guys. And I continued to skate with them, but like, the majority of that crew was just like fucking, you know, just negative. And connecting with these other skaters, it was just like it was liberating in a whole other kind of way because now it was like, Oh shit. Like going and like traveling all over the County with these dudes going down to Dade County, like just going everywhere and like just having a different view of life. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's true. I mean, skateboarding is very, it's very accepted, you know, to all race and color and, and gender and whatever, whatever, you know? Yeah. But I mean, you know, and also too, there is, you know, there is some racism skaters out there, but I mean, but they're not going to be in your face and this and that, you know, as, as a normal person, racial, racial person out and who's a non-skater, you know? Right. No, right. And, and, and what skateboarding is, is great about it is that 
you know, we see each other as one, you know, Hey, you ride a board fucking let's go skate. You know what I mean? Like we don't exactly. care who you are or, you know, like shit. I mean, there's times that, I mean, I remember I was like, what, 18. I, you know, I had like 14 year old kids that like, jump in the car with me. We take them go skating. You know what I mean? Like it didn't matter, you know, cause, cause they were like, Oh shit, I get to skate with these guys. Hell yeah. You know? Right. No, always, always. I, and then, right. Like after I found that initial crew of homies, then like there was a later crew of homies that got integrated and those fools were younger and I would go and pick them up and it would be like, you know, like I was coming with my car, like picking up all the fools or like we meet up at the skate park and now it's like, we're all just going to go out. And then a lot of times just like go back to my parents' house and fall asleep there. Like, and like eat up all their food and like <laughs> swim in their pool and do all that stuff. And my parents are cool and they don't mind it, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah, and they're right. not over there tripping. And like, it's just, it's just like a bunch of different individuals that got together over skateboarding. It's yeah. great. And then, and then did your parents accept you being a skateboarder and everything? Were they cool about it? They, your dad left you off on the sports and stuff. It was like, Hey, you know what? You're just skateboarding. I support that. Nah, I feel like, you know, now looking back on it, at the time, I couldn't understand it because I felt like it was so inconsistent. Like mm -hmm. it would be like sometimes they thought it was good and sometimes they thought it was bad. I feel like my mom supported it and my dad did not, if I had to guess. <laughs> you know, I haven't asked them this directly, but um, some. You should, ask like, them. you should ask them directly. Yeah. Though. Yeah, I mean, I hadn't really thought about it like that until now, just because some little stories had trickled down over time. And like, mm -hmm. like, okay, like, and just, you know, yeah, understanding, like now being an adult and being able to separate like my relationship with my mom from my relationship with my dad as not just my relationship with my parents. And yeah, I do think that, yeah, my dad fucking, oh man, he like, I think there were moments where he was able to see the benefits of it mm -hmm. when I was younger, but for the most part, he was like, Oh fuck you, a fucking skateboarder in my house. <laughs> shit. Like he wanted you to be a lawyer or a doctor or something. Oh, he wanted me to be a lawyer. Oh really? Well, hey, that's, that's, that's hey, that's all Jews are good lawyers, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, like I think just like uh, all people in my house, my dad's house are supposed to be good lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> if he has oh, you, oh, your dad's a lawyer? Yeah, I mean, my dad is, and then um, my my two younger sisters both became lawyers and married lawyers, and then, like, my cousin became a lawyer. So so you're like, the, you're like the black sheep of the lawyer family, huh? Oh, yeah, dude. I mean, for a long time, I was, like, definitely the black sheep, but I think... Uh, things have definitely turned around because of skateboarding, mm -hmm. you know, like, and I've made a different kind of career now that like, you know, it's funny. My, you know, my dad does have a lot of respect for me now for what I do <laughs> because for him, it's like he became a lawyer because he was just like this oppressed Jewish kid you know, getting fucked with by cops and principals and bosses and like just authority figures anywhere. Like, oh, Jew, I'm going to fucking press my thumb on you until you squish and see what happens when you pop. You know, like that was his that was his take on growing up. 
And for him, the solution was to become a criminal defense attorney and then be able to go and fuck with cops and say, like, ultimately, like, if you come at me and fuck with me in a way where you think, like, you're just a person and you can get over on me like another person, I'm now part of this institution that will fucking crush and destroy you, like, random citizen, random authority figure. Well, you're fucked now, so stand away. And then if you're a cop, like, I'm coming to take your fucking dignity. You know, like, he had this fucking vendetta. He had a sword. And he sharpened it. And he fucking used it. Mm. And, you know, like, there's there's positives and negatives, right? Sword cuts both ways. And for me, it's like, I've tried to learn and take what I can from him. And it's like, a large part of what he got out of doing that is being able to say, well, when I do this, I help other people in circumstances like mine, you know? So what did he do? He didn't become like a corporate lawyer to get rich. He's a criminal defense attorney and he's helping drug dealers get off. You know, he's helping drug smugglers get off. He's helping murderers get off. But these are all people who are getting these labels thrown at them, not because it's who they are, but because mm-hmm. it's convenient for a system that seeks to say, here's an authority figure ready to smush you. Let's see what happens when you pop, mm. you know? So yeah. like, to me, that's the same thing. Like, that's what I do is, well, if I had to find a way to make a career for myself when nobody else is going to hire me, because everybody thinks I'm a piece of shit. You know? Really? Why, why, why you say that? I don't know. Like something, like whether it's people looking and knowing that I have a criminal record that starts when I'm a fucking kid Mm -hmm. because cops that wanted to fuck with my dad, right? Or whether it it stems from anything else, like whether it's just the way I present myself. I've just never been able to get hired, you know? Like Mm. I don't get interviews. Like I apply for jobs and like it doesn't work out for me in that way. Mm -hmm. So I've had to like, it's like, okay, either I will continue to work in restaurants like for the rest of my life or sell drugs or make my own legitimate business. And, you know, like I've made a legitimate business, but like just because I make a business doesn't mean that I get to get paid. You know, yeah. like I have to like really do something to get paid. I have to create value in this world. So like the value that I create is changing the circumstances of society for people like me, people Mm -hmm. who are disenfranchised. And it just so happens that, you know, the, the majority of our society has come to place a premium on that right now and say like, Oh, if you're helping disenfranchised communities, then like, how can we get behind what you're doing? And that has caused municipal governments that have a lot of money that's always allocated for this stuff to start getting creative about how to spend it and they've spent it on skate parks and then they've seen that the results are are transformative so that's made a lot of opportunities in skateboarding you know and like i'm lucky to be here and be part of it but i'm not going to take money from the pot without using it to help like a young kids who are like me like maybe gonna wind up doing something bad for money because mm-hmm. no one's gonna give you a job yeah. right and I like, mean, it's true i mean because i mean i remember when i 
you know, I tell this story all the time. Um, you know, I remember when I was skateboarding in Pensacola. I mean, when I was skateboarding in Pensacola, young age, I think I was like probably like 17, and we we're skating at this elementary school, and this cop rolled up, big old good old boy rolled up and was a freaking dick. And, you know, and I, I turned to him, I said, Look, man, would you rather this be on the streets and doing selling drugs and you know, being a gang and shooting people up. And he looked at me straight in the face, no blink or anything, no smile. I said, he said, you know what? Give me a reason to shoot you. And I was like, wow. I said, that's pretty yeah. fucked up, dude. And that's what I told him. I said, that's pretty fucked up, dude. <laughs> yeah. You know? But you know what I'll say? At least that dude in, in Florida, that dude is straight up. And that's what he'll fucking say. In LA, I feel like that dude, like, He's like, oh, I'm not going to say it that way. That's too, that's too honest. In LA, they're like going to say it in a more slick way. In New York, they'll say it in a more slick way. But they're still doing that same shit. Well, in Florida, Florida, they're freaking good old boys. They don't give a fuck, you know? Right. You know, because I'm always like, I just, I don't know, man. I just, I have problems with cops, man. And, you know, and I, I just don't deal yep. with them. I mean, I mean, never, I mean, I've never been in trouble rested or jail or anything like that but that's good man i ran ran through so many of them harassing me and you know profiling me and this and that and I just yeah you know being a, also being a skateboarder too dealing with their bullshit and threats and stuff like that you know it just kind of like rubs you the wrong way yeah it's right i think also now like it's different like for young people now, the interactions with police are certainly um, not like our normal is not their normal, right? Like, yeah. Um, now they got now they got skate parks. You know, these young this new generation they got skate parks. When I was and growing up, cops who skate. There's cops who grew up skating. Like there's mm -hmm. so many things. You know, there's so many ways that it's just. Um, I think it like it just gets hard for people to understand like wait what like you know like bro cops would put their hands on us yeah <laughs> i don't know if that was normal where you were but it was like oh we caught you skating here at the school you're trespassing at a school to skateboard fucking grab your ass throw you against the car fucking pat you down so aggressively it's like maybe it'll leave a bruise you know like, and that, bro, that was not a, like a one-time thing. That was just like, we, we took that to be like, all right, this is, this is the, like, this is the cost of entry for like you, when you step on the board and you go to skate the spot, it's like, we know at the least, like we have to tolerate that. Mm -hmm. Right. Like if we get seen here, that's, what's going to happen. Okay. We're ready. You got you got one person you got one person looking out and you got the other person skating and filming and once you see that cop whoop whoop you just run. <laughs> oh man, we knew not to run. We learned that, bro. Not at oh, least not where we always ran, dude. We always ran, jump fences, like yeah, no, gone, not where we know? lived. We ran at other places, but not where we lived. Oh, there really, was really. nowhere to fucking go. Like there's yeah. like the spots that we would get caught for skating at, there was no way out. <laughs> <laughs> it's like once they saw you, like that's it. So, yeah, yeah. That's cool. They're a bunch of good old boys. They're, yeah. they're still good old boys up there, man. Oh yeah, dude. 
Yeah, I was up there not too long ago, and yeah, they, they, I still got pulled over just for driving. I'm like, what? Yeah, it won't change. Yeah, because I had a California plate, and so, you know, they didn't like that fact I had a California plate. They thought I had drugs or weapons or something, because they just pulled me over, and they were like, oh, your tent is uh, too dark, and blah, blah, blah. I said, no, a street is a street right you know what i mean it's, it's oh it's, yeah dude it, it's fine and they're like whoa whoa you know they'll ask 50 questions and look at my car with my windows down it's like you know i was like dude whatever man <laughs> yeah <laughs> i know what you're doing man yeah but yeah, nah, it's, it's just crazy you know what i mean like people don't understand like skateboarding in florida is it's a whole different level out there i mean yeah we gotta deal with heat Fucking shitty roads. You know what I mean? I mean, we had good spots, but the roads be shitty, you know? And yeah. I don't know if it was like this where you were at, but we also, like, you had to you had to deal with, like, fucking vigilante citizens. Like, just fucking random rednecks that are going to pull up and be like, oh, skateboarders, yeah. we don't want you here. Yeah, we, we would have to fight them. They would try to fight us. Yeah. I don't remember, like, any physical altercations with outsiders, like. Yeah, the the, skate, the the rednecks up up in Pensacola, man, they didn't give. They hated skateboarders. We ran, like rednecks came. We ran. They hated the skateboarders and punk rockers. You know, oh, yeah, and, and I was all up there. in Pensacola was a skate. Skaters were punk rockers. Punk rockers were skaters or surfers. You know. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But, but they fucked with us so much, dude. I remember getting a fight with them so many times, dude. Ah, uh, no fun. Yeah, but I mean, like you said, this generation doesn't doesn't understand it. You know what I mean? They don't. They never, they're never ever going to experience something like this. Something that I, I experience or you experience or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I think probably the bullying is still happening. But right. Oh. It's like the, I think there was like this normalized idea of like, these people are vagrants. Like they're doing stuff that's deviating from what is okay. And we need to like terminate it. You know, there's definitely still people experiencing that today, but it's not like, I don't feel like it's necessarily being directed at fucking kids riding skateboards. Like, no, I mean, because back then, I mean, you know, they saw us as criminals. You know, we were criminals. Yeah. You know, but I think now skateboarding is now accepted because now there's more skate parks. It's a newer generation. You know, your, your generation now has kids and you know what i mean and they're teaching that and my generation's the same way too you know what i mean yeah so i mean now it's now accepted now you got x games and skateboarding's on olympics and blah 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 blah. you know it's it's more accepted now you know yeah it's different it's too different to me you know because i'm not used to it i think it's a good thing because i mean it, it gives out more more people buying skateboard products you know what i mean and support keeping skateboarding alive you know yeah, I think at the base level, it's definitely good. It's just yeah. the the only thing that makes it become problematic is when it's not like when you see that the the cultural innovators who made things what they are are still alive and are still here and are still like capable, but are not being included, you know, and are mm -hmm. not being given the means to participate and it's like you know people are standing on their shoulders to reach for things that like they're simultaneously denying to to folks i think that's the part that's the only part that i um i look at it 
that and say like, well, have to make sure there's work being done to preserve like the cultural heritage. You know, it's like, it's great to see it expand, but it's like, man, if you just go and build a skate park in a place where people can't get skateboards, then like, we know that's no good, right? Like that's, who's that gonna serve? Yeah. Right, but then it's like, if you, if you really take a step back and think about it, well, okay, if people have a skate park, and they have boards and they can go online and see all the tricks and the videos and stuff, but then they don't have the means to connect with like any of the cultural norms that we've developed here that, that go along with it. Right. Where it was like the people who, who made all that stuff that you're doing, they were outsiders. They were not accepted in, in a system that was telling them you're no good. Mm -hmm. So then they were here and they were left to just accept one another and accept everyone who came and support each other. You know, I just, I wonder like if all these benefits that people talk about from skateboarding will actually be preserved if we're not doing equal work to preserve the cultural heritage, you know, to yeah. preserve the context that makes the, makes skateboarding produce these results. Yeah. Yeah, no, I definitely know what you're saying. And I'm going to go back a little bit. Um, so you went to Orlando for college and everything, correct? Mm-hmm. And does that help? That helped out your skateboarding a lot better? So moving out of your town mm. to going to a bigger city, you think that helped your skateboarding a lot? I don't know. I think, like... No, honestly, if I think about it, like, if anything, like, it helped me grow as a person, mm -hmm. which ultimately, like, led me away from skating when I was in Orlando, because I didn't have that, like, the community of people that I had access to in Orlando, it's like, they were friendly, and they were welcoming. Mm -hmm. But our life experiences didn't resonate in the way that it was, like, with that core group that I found at SFX in South mm -hmm. Florida, right? It was and more it was clicky. Like, it was more clicky, cool guy thing in Orlando more. No, it wasn't clicky and cool guy. No, not at all. Like people were really accepting, you know, and like it was like friendly and it was it was great. Um it just like it wasn't my people, you know? Yeah. Like, um, it wasn't your homies you skate with every day, you know? Right. Like those weren't my brothers. Yeah. You know, it's like these these people that I had skated with, like our life experiences were very similar, you know, like the way we grew up, we we experienced similar things. So it's like when we're going out skating, like the the experience was very different. Yeah. Look, I'm going to just say it how it is. And it's not like this is not to like say it for a negative for a negative reason. But it's like when I came to Orlando, it was mostly white people that I was skating with. Mm -hmm. Not all, you know, not all white people at all, but it was like the the people who like I could go skate with on a day to day that were like the closest circle of of homies, like they were white and like most of their homies were white. So it was like a mostly white skate scene. Mm -hmm. And like that for me, just it was like it lost kind of that um, the electricity where it was so like. You're saying like you're used to, you're used to skate more with a minority group of people, 
where you felt like in Orlando, it was just like you're just shredding with a bunch of white people with not many minority in that group. Yeah. And I didn't understand it really at the time, you know, because it was like, as a Jewish person, I didn't even get that, like, yo, like, I'm not white. It took a long time for me to really understand that. And mm -hmm. it's like looking back and the reasons why it's like, you know, like I skating was still totally at my disposal. It just was like, I was just going out skating alone. Right. Or like going out skating with a group of people that like the fools who I skated with that I liked skating with, like they were talented. It was great to go out and skate with them, but then it wasn't like we were like, like I wasn't having conversations with them about the music we were listening to and like other stuff. It was just like skating. Skating was the overlap that we had. Mm -hmm. And these other homies that, that I grew up with, it was like, Oh, like all these other kinds of overlap. But it's just the nature of it too. Like, you know, you go from the place that you're from to a new place, but yeah, like Orlando, it has a curious skate scene, mm -hmm. you know? I think it's really strong. There's a lot of skate history in Florida. I think it's nowhere near as visible as it is big. Yeah. And you wanted, and you also, too, I saw something too that you want to do, like, uh, you want to save the architect of skateboarding in Florida. Tell me about that. Yeah. I'm working with the state and doing a mentorship about the preservation of skate architecture and skate culture. And, like in the process of doing that, I'm creating a like an archive to just okay. show like how many skate spots there are in Florida, whether those are skate spots that people know and love or whether it's just like a fucking box or a ramp that's at someone's house, you know, mm -hmm. because I think that Florida's skate heritage is not necessarily as accessible to people as it could be. And um I have the opportunity to do this because I'm working with the state. So to me, it's like, well, let's move towards the a future, right? Where, where skateboarding, like I'm saying, it's like the culture is being preserved. Mm -hmm. If you don't preserve the architecture, then the culture can't take place. Right? So, like, so, when you, so when, sorry, you, but so when you say architect of, of cult, skateboard culture, like what example, like, like a um like the famous rail i'm trying to think of some of the famous rails and and well, florida but... right so there's like the the synagogue rail and the cheesecake yeah. hubba and there's that another hubba that's like off of 75 or the turnpike or somewhere down in like north dade county there's like all kinds of there's the maitland banks there's kona there's the bro bowl there's skate park of tampa there's all kinds of notable architecture right um but like what i'm talking about at the base level is just like you know skaters need the right obstacles to do skating mm -hmm. and they need the right ground to do good skating and fun skating and like when cities are instead of banning skateboarding enabling skateboarding if they build the if they build shitty architecture that doesn't enable skateboard culture to take place then we're actually worse off mm -hmm. right because then like what's happening here in orlando that i've noticed 
kids will grow up here. They're seeing parks from California on Instagram and on the videos. These are kids who don't skate, right? Uh-huh. They're seeing all this. And then they're like, oh, yeah, we don't have parks like that here. This just isn't a skateboard place. People don't skate here. If people do skate, they don't skate really. Not like that. But, I mean, there's well, Orlando Skate Park. That got closed down. No, it's still here. It's oh, just, still there? You know, it's like it is underfunded and overcompensated. Really? Is there, bro, there is a, like, 15-foot fucking vert wall in a tremendous bowl. There's maybe, like, three people who live here that can skate that. You know, like, there's so much of the... It was supposed to be, like, a street-forward park. But plus, this thing was built in, like, 2004. Hmm. You know, like, it's out. It's just so outdated. It's severely outdated. There's whatever, there's other stuff that's coming. And like, there are a number of parks that Orange County operates. They could be, they're, they're great sites. They're just overburdened with too much. Like, you know, you're talking about like prefab obstacles that have a very low usability to someone who says like, I am a skateboarder. I know what's going on here. I've been to a lot of places before I came to this skate park. You know, you show up to something like that, it sends a message. Yeah. Because I remember growing, I mean, I remember living in Tampa, St. Pete. I mean, we always gone to Orlando because it's such good skate spots. And, you know, we would meet, we would go up to Galactic G and hang out there with Kenny G and all that stuff. And then, you know, then we'll go hit the streets, you know, meet up with some of their team riders and then go hit the streets of, you know, downtown Orlando and stuff like that. And I just always remember, you know, Orlando having good skate scenes and, you know, a lot of good skaters out there. But it's just yeah. crazy. It's crazy to know that, like, you know, I've been to the Orlando Skate Park for a demo out there. I think it was the Creature Creature Crux demo or something like that. And uh-huh. and it was and it was pretty cool, you know. But, I mean, it's sad that you tell me that now it's just run down, you know. Well, it's, I mean, it's not run down. Originally, that park, like, what they built was like very far off from the design and like Mm -hmm. even from the allocated square footage, you know, like there's a bunch of square footage that's there that's allocated for the park that just didn't even get paved. So it's just grass, you know, it's Mm -hmm. like they like a lot of money and resources went into building a huge fucking bowl. That's like, you know, like has a very low level of usability when you, when you start talking about how many people around here can skate that. Yeah. You know, there's no place to learn. Like there's no small, like there's no mini bowl where you're going to learn. And then there's like a medium bowl and then there's a huge bowl. Like, okay, here's a huge one. Go. Yeah. And I remember there used to be a, uh, I don't know if it's still there. I think it might've closed down. There used to be an indoor skate park there that was run by um, a bunch of skaters that built it. There was Metro. Metro. Now there's um, Central Florida Skate. Oh, okay. I remember Metro. I've been to Metro quite a bit. And I love that park, man. That park was so fun. Yeah. I never went. Um, it opened after I left. And then when I got back here, like the indoor parks had not been a priority for me. Oh, yeah. That's, uh, I mean, that park was, that park was fun. I remember that park, dude. It was definitely cool. But it's cool what you're doing. I mean, I mean, have a lot of this uh, state um, politicians are involved. Are they really hyped on it or what? what you're trying to do 
Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually connected with uh, this Florida legislator, Ana Escamani. Mm -hmm. She's she's here in Orlando. Um, she's great, you know. Like she's she's very vocal. Like she's very much like um, she's about what she's about, you know. Like mm -hmm. she's fucking like she talks the talk and walks the walk, and is not afraid to like really like. I don't know. I respect her level of conviction. You know, I'm not sure how to say it without like using bad words, right? And like, you know, more, like sweet talk, <laughs> you know. But it's really like she is what she says she's about. That's right. You know? So like, it's been really cool to connect with her because she she's someone who's networked with a lot of like-minded people in the community who are like they're not just like trying to talk about anything you know they're trying to do stuff mm -hmm. they're trying to get things accomplished and it's cool like that has led to a lot of positive interactions we've had a lot of a lot of success also with libraries that's all right libraries have been one of our best um best points of entry but like the orange county parks advisory board has been really receptive um the Orlando mayor's office has been really receptive. That's right. Yeah, there's other like action groups that I'm working with here, like um, Alliance for Truth and Justice. Mm -hmm. That's like uh, some folks who are a little bit older than me, but like very connected and invested in a lot of kind of social justice issues in the community and have been doing this kind of stuff for a long, long time. Yeah. And, and it has the, the Florida Orlando skate community supported with you or are you have like, is it half and half? You know, I don't know. It's tough to call it. Like, I do think that like, there's like the visible Orlando skate community, which is, you know, centralized around the shops. Um, and that's been mostly positive. There's one dude who like really went out of his way to fucking just tell me to like pipe down and that I'm, I'm a victim and like just had said that I'm spreading hate and like promoting negativity. And, uh, honestly, I don't he, see, I don't, like we're talking to you. I don't see you saying yeah. anything negative. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, it sounds like, I mean, why he has would... it, whatever, you know, he has his ideas and he claimed that he was speaking for people in the skate community. But, you know, like I've said, it's like I haven't encountered anyone that seems to agree with what he's saying except for him. So, yeah, yeah I mean, the, the skate community here has been supportive. And it's, it's also cool to, like, I think at first I had a lot of shitty interactions at skate parks with, um, like, just younger skaters. Like, you know, to me, it's like I'm at the park, you're at the park, I'm saying what's up, mm -hmm. you know? And, like, just with younger skaters acting like they were cool to say what's up or, like, want to take off their headphones and, like, have any kind of conversation. And, like, yo, I get it. Like, if you're at the park and you're in your zone, you're in your zone. But if you're, we're two people here at the park for an hour and in the whole course of that time, you're just trying to isolate yourself and, like, not have any kind of interaction with me. It's like, well, the skate park's not a place for that. That's mm -hmm. not the norm here for this environment you know that's not the norm for skateboard culture and it's like if that's the kind of isolation that you need then i think the the expectation in skateboard culture is that you would be like hey what's up homie yeah i'm just trying to like 
mind my business and like, I don't want to talk to anyone right now. Cool. Yeah. Right on. I respect that. We're all here to respect each other, but it's like giving that vibe of like, Hey, I'm not going to have the decency to let you know that's what's going on. And I'm going to leave you in the dark as to whether or not I think you're a piece of shit or like, I'm just don't want to talk right now. You know, I feel like I was, it was hard for me to figure that out. Cause that's not even the norm in, in LA. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like fools might want to try and be like they're on some too cool shit, but people understand like just the social standards of being at the park. Yeah, it's like if yeah. And and you and you just keep on saying L.A. So you travel back and forth to, from Orlando to L.A. or um a little bit. Like the plan when we originally came out was that we would be back and forth more, but for now we've just been like mostly here, still getting some work done there, and yeah. And you say we, is that, that you and your homies, you and the girl? No, me, me and my wife um, oh, okay. and, and my son. My wife is from L.A. and like a lot of her family's still there. So She, she likes L.A. better, huh? <laughs> <laughs> no, just different, you know. I think she's kind of frustrated with it right now and having a hard time with, with a lot of things that are going on there. So, you know, especially as parents, it's just not an easy time to raise a kid. Yeah, LA is a whole different. I live in San Diego. I like San Diego better. I mean, I've never been a fan of LA, you know. Yeah, different. I'll go up there for events and do things, do our, do our, uh, do our TSM live show up there, this and that. But I, I once I, once everything's done, events, everything's done, I'm so happy to jump in that car and head five south. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Back to sunny San Diego, you know. But I mean, but I stayed in Florida, you know, I went back to Florida for a minute and I just, I don't know, man. I just, to me, I, my heart's always going to be Florida because that's where I was raised, you know, all my life. But for skateboarding, it's it's great. I'm stoked that there's a lot more skate parks getting built there and, and the skate scenes all around in these small towns and stuff like that are growing and stuff like that. But if you want to be, you know, and, and there is skate pro skaters that live there. There's ex-pro skaters that live there, this and that, you know, and it's yeah. cheaper. But I mean, it's just, you know, to me, you know, if you don't live in Miami, if you don't live in, basically, if you don't live in Miami, you know, there's not that much going on for skateboarding, you know, for event wise and stuff. You know, I, I feel like, you know, once Tampa Pro and Tampa Am's done, they're like, damn, what's there to do? There's no more really big events going on, you know? Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens with skate, but there's a lot of stuff we got in the works. So, and, yeah. and, and and tell me a little about Skatebud. I'm I'm very interested in that. I mean, I really want to know more about Skatebud. Yeah, it's you know, like we are focused on skateboard accessibility, and like the different forms that that takes. Whether that means you're someone who's never skated and you want to get into it, or whether that means you're someone who's been skating for a long time and you've never met a pro skater and you would love to like get some advice from a pro skater, you know, and everything in between, mm-hmm. you know, like this, uh, there's so much that is not accessible right now. And we are in a society and in a, like a larger culture that, that assumes that we have access to everything. Mm-hmm. And we have access to a lot of things, but we don't really have good access to skateboarding in terms of the technology. So, and and what made what made you start Skatebud? Um, you know, again, just like having trouble finding work, 
coming to a point of being self-employed in the music industry and like being burned out and not wanting to continue. My wife had a solid job at the time. This was 2017. We knew we wanted to have a kid. So it was like, okay, we got to find a way to start our own business and be self-employed because it's going to be really hard to manage having a kid and having an employer. And we started a magazine and marketing agency and that worked out a little bit. And then it was just fucking impossible to continue. And we adapted it to become Skatebud because that was the best parts of the work that we were doing, you know, through the connections and the magazine and being in touch with skate companies, we were able to do all these events and do giveaways. And we linked up with parks and recreation and the LA mayor's office. And then we were like, okay, like this is, this is the business we want to do. Mm-hmm. And we've built skateboard around that. And then also being parents, like, you know, how do you make skateboarding cool for someone who's a parent and needs to teach it to their kids? So it's mm-hmm. like, you know, got to take, it's like, you know, do I still smoke weed? Yeah. Do I lie about smoking weed? No. Do I hide it? No. Do I put it on the skateboard Instagram? No. No. Right? Like it doesn't need to be there. It doesn't need to be part of our brand. Mm-hmm. Right? But at the same time, it's like, do we, do I want a brand that like walks the line in the way that a skateboard brand walks the line? Of course. And are there ways to do that without using bad words and things that aren't okay for a kid who's like five years old? For sure. And like, that's what skateboard is. You know, skateboard is like all the like best parts of skateboarding that your parents would be okay with. Yeah, it's like it's like you know I'm, I'm, we're your skate buds, so we're gonna talk to you and hang out with you, or or talk to you about skateboarding, or you know what I mean, give you vices because you know because we're your skate right. buds, you know right. we're your homies, skate homies, you know. And if we come to the party, like the party is gonna be really like it's gonna be more fun, and you're you like you want the skate buds to come when you have a party, right? It's not like we're not making we're still skaters, right? It's like we're we're skaters first and then it's like we're creating the technology after that we're making the technology work for skaters we're making programs with government that work for skaters we're you know preserving cultural heritage in a way that works for skaters yeah no that's i love it i love that i i, I see what you're you know what you're doing for skateboard i think that's pretty rad i mean i you know, I swipe through, check out, see what you're doing, check out the website, stuff like that and everything. And I like it. You know what I mean? It's, it's cool. Thanks, you know, cause you're giving, you're giving these kids, these upcoming kids, something different. You know what I mean? Somebody they can talk to, you know, like, Hey, I'm your skate bud. What's up? What do you need? You know what I mean? Oh, I'm, I need to know how you do this trick or how you do that. You know, it's like, Oh yeah, this is what we do. You know? Right. Exactly. How do you put together a board? How do you pick a board? Like who invented the Ollie? Like, how did people start doing skate videos? Like all this kind of, you know, just the shit that like kids ask, man. You know, yeah. like I think it's right. And I'm, I'm gonna go back a little bit. I heard you say you were in music, so you're a musician. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I did like, but I wasn't. Yeah, I was making music, but my work in music wasn't me being a musician. Okay, so were you like a producer? Did you no. sing? No, I was like doing branding and marketing stuff for people. Oh, okay. Okay, cool. And cool. journalism, like writing about music. Dude, that's right, dude. Just, you have a you have a lot of 
a lot of good experiences, you know, from, oh, you know, growing up, growing up in a small town in Broward County, you know, and then, you know, it's getting the skating then going to Orlando and, you know, getting your life together in Orlando and then going to LA and you met your wife in LA or Orlando. I did. I met her in LA. Yeah. Yeah. You met your wife in LA and kid and, you know, you wrote music and this and that or not write music, but you, you know, you're a journalist and this and that. And, yeah, you know, and now you're back in Orlando doing skate, but I mean, you know, basically you're killing it, you know, and, oh, and thank you, man. Thank you're you. definitely doing a lot of good stuff. And, you know, and, and to what I'm going to say is you're doing what your dad wanted you to do. You're not doing the lawyer stuff, right. being a lawyer, but in a way you're, you're taking the law in a different way of, of, of skateboarding. You know, you're, you're, you're going through the, you know, the city to do all this stuff. Right. And, and, and your dad sees that and it was like, wow, my son's not a lawyer, but he's doing the right way of doing things, you know? Right. Instead of changing the outcome one by one, I'm trying to get in there and change the policy or change what the city builds so that the kids never get arrested in the first place, you know, and never like, right. I've, I appreciate you for saying and for recognizing that because I do feel like it's taken time and like I'm 41, I'll be 42 this year, but like I've worked hard and been. Well, you you say you're 22? Forty-two. I'll be forty. You know, you know, you know, forty is in the new twenties, right? Yeah, right. Dude. So, so really, you're twenty-two. I'm twenty-seven. So you're twenty-two. You know, right up. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, it's like I always wanted to just be able to like come back to Florida and bring something with me. You know, like the reasons why I left was because I felt like we weren't connected to all these things down in Broward and, and we weren't. And the internet has kind of changed that in the time that I've been gone, but also not. So it's like, I feel really lucky that, you know, I went to LA and like, I met all these people who are like, man, like they made skating what it is. And like, they're my homies and I can call them up and ask them like, Hey, do you want to be involved in this and that? Do you want to come to Florida? And then I go to the skate park and I'm there and like fools are listening to music. And I'm like, Oh, I know those dudes that made that music. And <laughs> I know the dudes that they rip their sound off from too. <laughs> <laughs> You know it all, right? <laughs> I mean, I don't know it all, but it like it was like it was weird yesterday being at the park with these kids who are younger and being like, "Shit, man!" Like, I sound like I'm like some dude who just wants to be like, "Oh yeah, like I know that guy, I know that guy." Like, "Oh, you're listening to that music, I know that guy too." But it's like, whatever. It just like it was true that day. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's rad. And before we take off, I got one last thing. Yeah to ask you and, and you're and actually this is your going to be your closure anti-semitic what's going on with that you know what's your opinion you know because you got Kanye West going out there saying stuff you got all these celebrities saying stuff slap board you know doing their thing you know what I mean yeah this is your closure I want to you know your your opinion on anti-semitic yeah I took the all last year and I said, like, all right, I'm going to just confront every instance of anti-Semitism that I find. And I'm going to just be, like, relentless, you know? Like, and it did lead me to, like, learn a lot about the things I was feeling and, like, the things I was experiencing and the history behind anti-Semitism and the way it works. 
And at this point, man, I just, I think it is so deeply ingrained in our society from so many angles to dehumanize and put down Jewish people and then further to deny them any agency in, in any degree of self-determination. So any time that a Jewish person says, I am, and then says something of anything afterwards, Mm-hmm. The response in America is to undermine that statement, whatever it is. And, you know, I don't like I don't say that to levy an accusation against anyone or like to label people anti-Semitic. But I think that an anti-Semitic bias is so ingrained and anti-Semitic agendas are so ingrained into so many aspects of our society that most people cannot help but perpetuate anti-Semitism unless they are genuinely informed and like um, deeply connected to the humanity of Jewish people, mm-hmm. right? So it's like you like you got to know Jewish people and you got to like know about anti-Semitism or else you're going to be a part of it. And that doesn't exempt Jewish people from that either. So you know, I think that extends to skateboarding in like, it just mirrors, it's it's right if we're talking about percentages, like what percentage of Americans are doing anti-Semitic shit? And that percentage is the same as what percentage of skaters in America are doing anti-Semitic shit, I think. You know, I don't think it skews any higher. I think the skateboard industry is just an industry that has historically given a lot of credence to individuals who want to be um, antagonistic, Mm -hmm. right? Like antagonism is celebrated and anti-authoritarianism is celebrated. And unfortunately, a lot of those anti-authority narratives are directly tied to anti-Semitic propaganda. Mm -hmm. A lot of the like, you know, the conspiracy theory stuff that, that circulates in skateboarding is directly tied to anti-Semitic propaganda. So I think indirectly skateboarding may skew a little bit higher because skateboarders place a premium on signifiers that have a very intertwined past with Mm anti-Semitism. So I think that, like, I guess to sum it all up, like, anti-Semitism is very real. It doesn't feel good to experience it. And um, it puts Jewish people at real risk. And the Jewish people that it puts at risk the most are the ones who are the most visible. And you're talking about then it's like some old Hasidic person who is, like, walking around having Mm -hmm. a yarmulke on dressed up in a way that looks Jewish to people. Those are the people getting attacked. Those are the people experiencing violence. Not someone like me who's walking around and like looking like, oh, like if you spit on me, I might punch you in the face. They're they're walking around looking for someone who's like, oh, if I spit on you, you might fall over. And mm-hmm. those are the Jewish people getting attacked. So yeah, I think if people are not willing to ask themselves like hey do you want to be part of that then you know they should really pause 
and consider to what degree they want to talk about Jewish people. Man, and that's good. Hey. <laughs> Man, that was long. But... Hey, no, that's why I said you're the closer. Yeah. <laughs> and what? And, and and where can people find Skatebud at before we before we head off? Uh, just Skatebud.com. Yeah. Okay. Do you, do you have a social media, YouTube, anything like yeah, that? Yeah, on Instagram. Skatebud, replace the U with an underscore. Oh yeah, dude. Well, guys, man, check this. Check Skatebud out. Skatebud out. Follow them. Share them. Tell people about it. Um, Zach, thank you so much for coming on. Hey, and and what you're doing, oh, dude. I'm so stoked on what you're doing, man. Well, thank you so much, Tommy. I really appreciate you inviting me and like giving me the time to talk all this shit about the stuff I'm doing. And yeah, thank you for your support. I uh, know. I keep on doing it, man. I love what you're doing. Well, you take care, man. And how? Hey, go shred today in, in Orlando. All right. Likewise, bro. Be well. All right, man. Late. Peace.